0: And Privit from Montreal opens our show tonight with a song from their most recent CD just released earlier this year, Nivsemenaya, Not Everything Fades Away. And that song was the words of Ukrainian poet Oleksandr Oles. And the title of the song was Vchora Zhetojala, translates into English as In the Rye. Dobrý večer i vitajte vás všichni do rádia Suchetí na rádio programu Náš hlas rádio křižsko-holoserý na báhato mnovní AM AM1320CHMB CHMB u městě Vankovéři. Před mikrofony Pavlína Makovíčka ujíš storíš, ale před budoucí nojou nás Hello there, and welcome to Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host, Paula demchuk pakori Pukadinska Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. Tonight uh, on our program, we've got a couple of items from the Holos audio archives uh, that I thought you would enjoy. Part two of the Ukrainian Jewish Heritage Series on uh, currencies of Ukraine and Israel and uh, the uh, kind of quid pro quo of uh, personalities on uh, featured on the banknotes and as well we've got a book review that I thought might be a good reminder uh, given what's going on in the world right now communism and hunger so stay tuned for all of that as well we've got our usual proverb of the week other items of interest and great ukrainian music it'll be an it will be an eclectic mix with a fair bit of more contemporary music on today's show so coming up next is a group from edmonton uh that released uh their first cd a couple of years ago they are the euphoria band and here they are uh channeling a bit of ben e king and Volodymyr uh, Ivasuk, here they are now with Yapiduv de la Quijore into the hills.
1: Широкі полонини І попрочу вітру з горі, Аби він не спав до однини
2: на вільних крилах На брови, І
1: Полонини Полетіти не захоче Все гомнозне до дівчину Чорні брови, карі очі
2: Переду без трі І без киді їді брови І шляхи мені покажуть Карі очі, чорні брови
3: Making dreams a reality.
5: Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook.
6: Стяменні.
2: Звідки в тебе ти чари, я без тебе всі дні. у полоні печалі, може десь у лісах, ти чар зіла знайшов.
0: Artist by the name of Oresha did uh, that cover of Volodymyr Ivesyuk's Chervonaruta, The Red Rue. And coming up next, more CanCon. Uh, the composer Bogdan Veselowski, famous for his tangos, is the focus of this next tune performed by Rustichko, teamed up with a ladies' trio. And it is Veselowski's Lubovi, Sabine Zertui, don't joke about love.
2: Что стало с ней? Може не
0: Ukrainian Jewish heritage on Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio, discovering unknown and untold stories from the past and present of Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage. The state of Israel was created and built by Jewish settlers who came mainly from Eastern Europe. Among them were quite a few natives of Ukraine, then ruled by the Russian and Austro-Hungarian empires. Today's episode of Ukrainian Jewish heritage. Part 2 of our series on the currencies of Ukraine and Israel features Jews from Ukrainian territories who were awarded one of Israel's highest honors, their portraits depicted on banknotes and coins. As we learned in Part 1 of our series, Israel's currency underwent several changes, from the Palestine Pound in 1948 to the Israeli Pound, or the Israeli Lira, in 1952 to the Shekel in 1980. And finally, in 1986, the Israeli new shekel, which remains Israel's official monetary unit today. Eight natives of Ukraine have figured prominently on Israel's currencies over the years. The poet Chaim Naman Bialik was born in 1873 in the village of Ivnitzia, in what is today the Zhitomir Oblast or province. Bialik is considered one of the pioneers of modern Hebrew poetry. His life coincided with the restoration of this ancient language, long considered a bookish dead language. He also wrote prolifically in Yiddish. Bialik spent his childhood and youth in Jitomir. He received a traditional Jewish education, but also explored European literature. At age 18, he left for Odessa where he studied literature as well as the Russian and German languages. He made his living teaching Hebrew until he secured a permanent teaching position. Eventually, he made his way into Jewish literary circles and became a member of the Zionist movement. Bialik began his prolific literary career writing about the plight of Jews facing anti-Semitic violence in Imperial Russia. He went on to become a highly acclaimed poet, as well as a literary editor, translator, and publisher. In 1921, as a result of mounting paranoia in the wake of the Bolshevik Revolution, the Soviet government closed the publishing house he helped establish in Odessa. That year, Bialik and other Hebrew writers left the Soviet Union and settled in Palestine. Although he died in 1934, before Israel became a state— Bialik ultimately came to be recognized as Israel's national poet. Bialik has influenced entire generations of Zionists, including tens of thousands who were exposed to his poetry as part of the Israeli school curriculum. He wrote Hebrew poetry at a time when it was far from clear that Hebrew would become the spoken language of the Jewish community in Israel. Haim Naman Bialik's portrait was featured on the 1968 10 pound banknote. At the beginning of the 20th century, Volodymyr Zaev Yabotinsky gained renown as a talented journalist and writer. He was born in Odessa in 1880. In 1903, a new wave of anti Jewish pogroms erupted in the southern part of the Russian Empire, and Yabotinsky joined the Jewish self defense and Zionist movements. Around this time, he began learning modern Hebrew and took the name Zav, which means wolf. At an early age, he began to devote his outstanding skills as a writer, orator, translator, and polemicist for the Zionist cause. Yabotinsky was a contemporary of Bialik, whose poems he translated from Hebrew into Russian. Yebutinsky also published the first Hebrew translation of Edgar Allan Poe's poems The Raven and *Annabel Lee, among other literary works. In Ukraine, Yebutinsky is remembered for his friendly attitude towards the Ukrainian political movement of his day, and, in particular, the Ukrainian language. As well, Yebutinsky expressed support for Simon Petlyura, who he did not believe was an anti-Semite or perpetrator of pogroms. Petlura was Ukraine's revolutionary president during the country's short-lived sovereignty from 1918 to 1921. The revival of modern Hebrew, social justice, and democracy are all values that Yabotinsky fought for. His lasting legacy can also be found in Israeli politics. Structures that were created under the influence of Yebutinsky's ideas like the Bittar Youth Movement and the Likud Party, still exist in Israel to this day. Yebatinsky did not live to see the founding of the independent Jewish state. While visiting a Bittar defense camp in New York in August of 1940, he suffered a fatal heart attack. In 1964, Prime Minister Levi Eshkol had Yebatinsky's remains transferred to Israel's National Cemetery on Mount Herzl where a state memorial service is held every year at the Zayev-Yabatinsky tomb. Zayev-Yabatinsky was depicted on the 1980 100 shekel banknote. Levi Eshkol, the third Prime Minister of Israel, was born Levi Yitzhak Shkolnik in 1895 in the Shtetl of Orotov in what is now the Vinitsia Oblast in Ukraine. After completing his education in Vilnius, at age 18, Eshkol emigrated to Palestine. During the First World War, he fought in the ranks of the Jewish Legion of the British Army, which Jabotinsky had helped form. In the State of Israel, Levi Eshkol was elected to the Second Knesset in 1951, and soon thereafter was appointed to key government roles. A founder of the Israeli Labor Party, He served in numerous senior roles, including Minister of Defense and Minister of Finance. In 1963, he replaced the legendary David Ben-Gurion as Prime Minister. Under Eshkol's leadership, Israel built from scratch 22 cities, more than 200 farming communities, hundreds of factories, and thousands of schools, as well as hospitals, universities, roads, seaports, power stations, and a national water carrier, all while feeding, housing, employing, and schooling more than a million new immigrants. Eshkol ended the monopoly of Ben-Gurion state broadcaster Israel Radio and created an independent broadcast authority modeled on the BBC. He was also the man who built the army that won the Six-Day War one of military history's most stunning victories. He was the first Israeli leader to be formally invited to the White House. He was also the first Israeli Prime Minister to die in office. He died in 1969 of a heart attack. In 1984, Eshkol's image was chosen for the 5,000 shekel bill. It was replaced in 1985 by the 5 New Israeli Shekel Bill. Since 1990, his image is found on a limited yet circulated minting of the five new Israeli shekel coin that replaced the bill. Golda Meir, the most famous female politician in Israel, was born Golda Mabovich in Kiev in 1898. The future Israeli Prime Minister's early memories were not pleasant. Her first memory was of a pogrom, which thankfully did not take place. But the panic in her family home and the sounds and sights of anti-Semitic hostility in the streets left a lasting and bitter memory. Hunger and poverty also left their mark. In 1906, the family emigrated to the United States. Golda Meir never stepped foot in Kiev again. Unlike Yebatinsky, Meir considered Simon Petlura the main culprit behind the anti-Jewish pogroms in 1918-1920 to 1920 in Ukraine, which she mentions in her autobiography, My Life. Golda was educated in the United States, became a teacher, and married an American, Morris Meyerson. The couple emigrated to Palestine in 1921 and joined a kibbutz. In 1956, she became foreign minister under Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion. Upon her appointment, she shortened Meyerson to Meir, which means illuminate in Hebrew. In 1969, Golda Meir was elected Prime Minister of Israel. She was one of 24 signatories, of which two were women, of the Israeli Declaration of Independence on May 14, 1948. The 10-shekel note issued in 1985 featured a portrait of Golda Meir. It was removed from circulation in the 1990s. Meir was also featured on the 10,000-pound old shekel note prior to their replacement by the new shekel in 1980. Four other natives of Ukraine who have appeared on Israeli currency are Israel's second prime minister, Israel's second president, the first Hebrew-language writer to receive the Nobel Prize in Literature, and another contemporary of Bialik and literary powerhouse whose recognition on Israel's currency caused considerable controversy. Join us to hear their stories in the next episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, Part 3 of this series on the currencies of Israel and Ukraine. In Part 4, Prominent Jewish Figures on the Currencies of Ukraine. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Until next time, Shalom. Join us again soon for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio.
4: This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver.
7: Чи не дуже, Джастін він може наривіти калюжу І краптом шось тобрюс усіх поратує У всіх татує, це я так констатую Трапляються ж комусь казкові герої А в тебе хто є, в тебе я є, а хто я? Соцільна вада і соціальна провина Але Поліна, я на колінах Буваю страшний для насправді дитина, мабуть, усе ще привісна людина, та головне, ти зрозуміти повинна, Пуліна, я не коліна. Я не люблю ні галасу, а ні крику. Коли не в своїй справі люди пнуть пику. Це все пусте, одне ти знати повинна, пуліна. Я на колінах. Я на колінах. Клуні чорнявий, а столони виндужі. Бродвідж зайнятий, на нього байдуже. І краптм щось, то Арні всіх пошматує. У них є м'язи, це вже ти констатуєш, трапляються ж комусь казкові герої. А в тебе хто є, в тебе я, я хто я, суцільна вада й безпринципна тварина, але поліна, я на колінах буває страшний, де насправді дитина. Мабуть, усе ще провісна людина. Так. I'm supposed to know to know you're
0: Let's go again with a cover by a group called Boombox, and that song was Paulina. And bringing it back to Canada, we have Millennia up next with a tune from their most recent CD, Budmohé, and Jordan Hora, Black Mountain.
3: Chorne more, Chorne More more e <tries> more <tries> <tries>
0: Corner Book Reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English.
6: In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Communism and Hunger: The Ukrainian, Chinese, Kazakh, and Soviet Famines in Comparative Perspective, edited by Andrea Graziosi and Frank Sissin. Communism and Hunger is a collection of scholarly articles examining the similarities and differences of the pan-soviet famine of 1931 to 33, the Ukrainian Holodomor, the Kazakh great hunger, and the famine in China in 1958 to 62. The articles were written by scholars who presented their papers at a 2014 conference Organized by the Holdemod Research and Education Consortium, whatever the economic motivations, the famines were also political events requiring political analysis of their causes and courses. The first three articles in this collection examine the specific causes, events, and results of the famines. Nicholas Worth examines the man-made famines in the USSR from 1928 to 33, which killed between 6.5 to 7 million people, 4.2 million in Ukraine and the Kuban, 1.5 million in Kazakhstan, and more than a million throughout the rest of the Soviet Union. Stalin considered peasant resistance to his economic policies as a war on the Soviet Union. Worth describes the forced collectivization in Ukraine in brutal terms. The total confiscation of land and livestock from village communities, the harsh restriction of ownership of domestic animals, and the peasants' loss of control over the distribution of the harvest resulted in wholesale starvation. At the height of the Holodomor, between January and July 1933, between 15,000 and 20,000 people died every day in silence and total abandonment. Sarah Cameron's article on the Kazakh Famine of 1930-33 examines Stalin's efforts to collectivize the nomadic population, which resulted in wholesale starvation. As archival information has become more available, the research on this horrific event has increased. The third article by Zhu Jun examines the Great Famine of 1958-62 to 62 in China, which claimed millions of lives as a result of Mao Zedong's effort to make China an industrial communist utopia. The subsequent three articles are comparative studies of the use of hunger as a weapon in communist regimes in the 20th century. The similarities are striking. Political reasons for man-made famines, official denials to the world about the famines while they were occurring, and striking consequences for those impacted by the famines. All the scholars are united in calling for more research on these important historical events. The articles in this book relied on recent increased access to archives and the efforts of the international scholarly community to release information about the use of hunger as a political and economic tool by communist governments in the 20th century. These governments believed that by creating politically motivated famines, they could manipulate populations under their control. The statistics of the various famines have been hotly contested for their accuracy, mostly because of political propaganda. The most shocking aspect of this collection of articles is that the world community allowed these famines to occur without intervention. Whole populations starved to death while the world community ignored their plight. The individual articles in this scholarly book about how hunger was used as an economic and political tool by communist governments are very enlightening. There are extensive and detailed footnotes, which will definitely be useful to scholars pursuing further research on these topics. While the Ukrainian Holodomor was not the only focus of this text, readers will learn a great deal about the horrific events in their historical context. Communism and hunger is definitely meant for scholars of world history. However, all readers interested in the history of the Ukrainian Holodomor will definitely enjoy this book. The book was edited by Andrea Graziosi, president of the Italian National Agency for the Evaluation of Universities and Research, and a professor of history, at the Università de Napoli, Frederico II, and Frank E. Sissin, director of the Peter Yatsik Center for Ukrainian Historical Research, Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies, and a professor at the Department of History and Classics at the University of Alberta. Communism and Hunger is available at the Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies
0: Press. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. <laughs> Beatles set there, a couple of Ukrainian uh, remakes of classic tunes. Uh, that was Sluhai, you just heard, with uh, Sluha, uh, which translates as listen, and before them, uh, Dunai from Toronto with Revolution. Up next, Ron Kahoot and Ihor Bachinsky from Toronto with a Ukrainian language lesson all about meals of the day.
8: of the day, let's say hockey, meals of the day, learn if you can, oh, meals of the day. Breakfast is the first meal of the day, snitano is the word that we say. Brunch is when we eat this meal, morning is the time of the day. Orange juice and some bacon and eggs, or cereal, that's real cool. All oh, oh, the meals of the day, repeat the three of them, the meals of the day. Let's sing them all again, the meals of the day, learn a again. oh, the meals of the day. Well at twelve o'clock and it's lunchtime. all beat is the meal day. Chatter we sing. Maybe that day for the chatter. McDonald's is really cool. Then a bit of TV and it's early to bed because tomorrow it's back to some bum bum bum. Oh, the meals of the day. Repeat the of day. The meals of the day. Let's sing the wrong again. Meals of the day. Learn to oh, make the game. Oh, meals of the day. Alright, now let's say the meals of the day. Here we Lunch, coffee, dinner, Pichetta. There you go. The three meals of the day. Now let's all sing together. Here we go. The meals of the day. Repeat the three of them. The meals of the day. Let's sing them all again. Meals of the day. Learn to make the can. Whoa, the meals of the day. Oh, wasn't that the meals of the day? Repeat the three of them. The meals of the day. Let's Let's sing them all again. Meals of the day, learn them if you can, whoa, the meals of the day. I'm the meals of the day, repeat the three of them. meals of the day, let's
0: sing them all again. Meals of the day, learn them if you can, whoa, the meals of the day. In the day, we're just going to the next program, for an important time to in but I want to tell you what words are wisdom. Who is And our Proverb of the Week translates as Whoever begins with evil ends with it. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. Just a reminder that the Nanaimo edition can be heard in the Vancouver Listening Area on CHLY 101.7 FM, 11 a.m. till 12.30 p.m. on Wednesdays. If you missed the on-air or live stream broadcast, the podcast link is available at our website, www.noshholos.com. There's also a link to our Patreon site there, and I hope you'll consider supporting our work. Again, that's www.noshholos.com. While well, our time is about up, so to take us to the end of our program, Prairie Crocus from Winnipeg and Uncle Bill's Polka. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nashholos and AM 1320, thanks for listening, and Dobranich! Music Oh, 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 oh,